Welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And this week in the NFL was a week full with lots of fun games, rookie quarterback records, some real nice close games, as well as some fun blowouts. So let's get right into this one, like we always do, with our recap of the Buffalo Bills. So this week, the Buffalo Bills were defeated by the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday Night Football, 24-18. to Rob, what were your initial thoughts on this game? Initial so- thoughts seeing the score is that they lost in the same manner in which they won the week before, 24-18, except for this time being on the losing side. But the most frustrating thing for me watching this game was, obviously I've said it all year, and I'm going to say it again, is the lack of... The, uh, of ability to run the ball consistently. You had James Cook with only six carries in the game, Latavius Murray with only two, and Josh Allen leading Russia with eight carries, 44 yards. Not a recipe for success for any team. I understand that we all want to throw it because we're playing the Bengals and it's prime time and we want to you know, keep up with them. We fall behind early. But one of the worst things you could do, as we all know, is just abandon that running game and become one-dimensional, which the Bills absolutely did, and they were unable to dig themselves out of the hole. So, riddle me this, though. Buffalo did have more rushing yards than Cincinnati with less rushing attempts. How, so did that play into the win? I would say if you have more rushing yards with less attempts, keep doing it because it shows that you're able to uh, – that's kind of a breach in their defense this game. And the Bengals, yeah, they got up early, and they, they you would like to see them be able to milk out the clock better, and they did let Buffalo kind of get back into it. But the fact that Buffalo's running game has worked, uh, in my opinion, like the, they've shown some good stuff in that department, but they just have uh, – really my frustrations lie with Dorsey not really calling consistent runs and not really establishing it. It's more like we're going to throw it like a million times a game, and then we're going to sprinkle in some runs, which that just doesn't work in the NFL. If you want to run the ball, you can't sprinkle it in. You have to make that kind of your – you have to establish the running game. It's not something you can just sprinkle in. I tend to disagree with that. I don't think you need to establish it. I think the pass game is the best thing you can do to set up the run because that gives you much lighter boxes to run into when you're having to defend the pass so heavily. Well, that's been the Bills' philosophy, but it has yet to work in any of their games this year. I mean, the only games where we've seen them really do any damage on the run game is when they really commit to it and you see like Cooks with 13, 14 carries in the game. But the games where he has had less, it's just been really a frustrating experience watching them play the, play football because then it's just all on Allen, and you're just relying on him to be your air and your passing attack, and as well as your ground attack, rather. But that, that debate being aside, that the Bills' offense was certainly the most frustrating part of this game. No doubt. As a Bills fan and a football fan generally, with their inability to – prop up their defense who I think really gave them a good chance to win the Bengals only scored three points in the entire second half and if you aren't able to come back from that with the type of offense you're supposed to have what are you supposed to do then at that point right and it's like that's the one thing the Bills you know should be good at you know with Allen being able to create those big plays like if, if you can't come back you know like that seems like you're a team that's built for coming back and the defense, like you said, really made that second half adjustment really well and shut down the Bengals, which is no easy task to do, setting the stage for the comeback that just never happened. It, they had a lot of drives where in that second half. I thought they actually did look very good in the second half in terms of offense. I mean, their their second half drives was a really nice one to start the second half to turn into a field goal, which was disappointing. Uh, really quick three and out to punt. One where they were driving, which was fumbled by Kincaid, and then the touchdown. 
and they were never got the ball back after that. Yeah. So I thought overall, especially in the second half, the, the Bills' offense was working, but somehow just came up short. I mean, that fumble definitely played a part into it and then settling for that field goal. Whereas on the Bengals' side, they were able to put up a couple of touchdowns really early on and then kind of let off the gas in that fact. I mean, the numbers were there for Burrow, throwing over 300 yards, but honestly, I don't feel like their offense is still amazing. Obviously, it's very good. I feel feel like the Bengals aren't operating on all cylinders yet, and they haven't particularly separated themselves in front of the pack for me yet. Well, for me, they certainly have. And when you have a guy like Joe Burrow who can win any of the big games, you're always kind of in that conversation just like the Bills are with Josh Allen. But I think Burrow is even more clutch in that department. And the Bengals really have – seems like they have all the momentum now, whereas Buffalo is, is kind of trending in, in the opposite direction, just wondering what they can do to get push themselves over that next level. And this game wasn't as dismal as a lot of fans are making it seem. Like you said, it was really close and really came down to a couple of key turnovers, especially that Kincaid fumble. But, uh, yeah, the time of possession is really the, the only big disparity between these two teams when you look at the final stats, with the Bengals just really being able to dominate the Bills in that department. So going forward, it just seems, seems like what do you do as a Bills team to get yourself over the hump? Because as it stands now, I would not trust this team to make any sort of deep playoff run. Right. I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, they really have to get hot. And you don't have any time to try and figure out how to do that as you're going to have a lot of really tough matchups coming up after Denver. You're playing Kansas City. You're playing Dallas. You're playing Philadelphia. You're playing the best teams in the league. So I guess there would be a chance to say, okay, if you want to show we really are still great, we really are still amazing, that's your chance to prove it. They certainly will. But I think there's many, many people that doubt that. Yeah, I think those tough matchups are actually kind of the best thing for them. Because, you know, playing against cupcake teams will not really show you anything. And we just, we all want to see them run the gauntlet. And the playoffs, you're not going to get any easy games. So having those, all those teams in short succession, playing many of them on the road, is going to be a really good test. And it's going to be really telling to, as to what team they really are. Absolutely. And from there, we go on to the Green Bay Packers, who, after long, a long time waiting, we finally have gotten a win over the L.A. Rams, dominating 20-3. to Scott, what are your initial thoughts from this matchup? Hey, first half touchdown on that one. How long have we gone without one? Oh, like six games. So, yeah. I mean, hats off to that. But also, just hats off for only being able to get, what, was that seven points going into the half, or did they have ten? They had Definitely. seven. They had seven. seven points going into the half. Yeah. Like, it looked like that entire first half. You were just waiting, like, just itching to bury the Rams. And yet again, like, they still yeah. came out a, a little flat in that first half, still not able to finish. They were able to do a little bit better in the second half and then put them away. I mean, that – and the defense finally looked a little better. Like, granted, against uh, Brett, Brett, Rippin. Brett Rippin. Yeah. But – Still, like, nice to see a little bit more from that that offense and finally being able to bury him a little bit there. Yeah, and it's just like when you look at it, it finally Matt LaFleur did something different, and he actually used Aaron Jones. 20 carries, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Finally actually using your best playmaker, also at four catches. And really good running the ball. They did a really good time uh, just controlling this, this clock with 35 minutes time of possession. And Love had a nice solid game. Um, obviously, yeah, this, the, the first half started out really slow, but I'm not saying anything about it because they actually were better. They showed progress, and that's what I'm looking for 
uh, this year for the Packers. Like, all I want to see is progress. You have an issue, fix the issue. And they didn't fix it completely, but they definitely improved on it and made progress. So I'm very happy with this game. I know it was against the Rams with Brett Rippon. I'm not going to take too much away from it, but I just take a deep breath and in going forward know that we're on kind of at least a, a bright note. Yeah, Love looked incredibly efficient in this game. 20, of, 20 for 26, 228 yards and a touchdown. No yeah. picks. Maybe. I mean, the only thing that's lacking is like with those like big-time throws. Right. And what does suck for them, the one that they finally did hit, seems like he's knocked out Christian Watson for a little while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of a scary thing, but it looks like he'll be fine. But, yeah, it's like the one chance that you have, it just kind of, he, he loses that one, but unfortunately. But, really, that's kind of been, like, the most frustrating thing for me with the, this Packers offense is the, well, mainly it's just the receivers are just killing Love right now. I mean, they have 14 total drops this year, and Love's completion percentage, which is 596 adjusted completion percentage to account for, you know, batted passes and, you know, miscommunications and drops, 68.4. So that's pretty good. Um, average depth of target, 9.5. So he's trying to get it down the field, but he just his receivers are failing him. They're not catching the ball. They're not getting open. So, I mean, you really want to see something, some more improvement in those young receivers. But I, I really do like Love. I still think he's a really good quarterback or has the potential to be one. So I'm not giving up on him by any means. But, uh, yeah, it's just it, to me, taking it away as I want to see – just keep doing it. Keep throwing those deep balls. Eventually, we got to hit some of them. Yeah, and for me this season, I don't know for you, but it feels like this season is kind of buried for the Packers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, in terms of playoffs, I would say so. Any hope of, of doing anything in the playoffs, I would say yes. Yeah, despite the, they're 3-5, and five, and it actually feels eerily similar to where it did last year, where we like just tore apart Aaron Rodgers and that offense for so many straight weeks and called them dead before they really turned it around and came on strong the last few weeks and had a chance to sneak into the playoffs that final week. Yeah, I mean, even that offense was better than this offense, though. Right. So it's crazy. But you still, we still kind of said the same things. Like, Rodgers would step back in the pocket, throw a deep ball, and nobody would be there. It's like, well, why Why are you doing this? Is this ego? Like, why? You, that's, it turns out, no, the receivers can't get open. It's like, or they drop the ball. So it's, it's a lot of the same issues that – that are plaguing them this year, that played them last year, except for we don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback to kind of uh, stay the ship. But, yeah, for Green Bay this year, like I, we, I kind of knew that this wasn't a year that we wanted to aim to you know, be a contender because you're just going to be disappointed. We just want to evaluate our guy and see if he's the guy for the future, which I think the jury's still out on that, but I think the signs have been pretty good. Right. Because, like we said, they don't look all that much worse than they did last year. It's very similar critiques that we have been – pointing out from them week to week yeah I, I do feel like science are probably pointing in the direction that love could be a quarterback for them in the future yes uh, a, a game that i'd like to touch on real quickly was uh cleveland arizona yes so just an absurdly good game for that cleveland defense i don't know if you saw the number 58 total yards for arizona in that That's game crazy 58 <laughs> That is just insane. That is awesome. It's one of the the Browns have just been one of the best defenses in the league so far this year. Yeah, getting seven sacks as well, just absolute domination. 
right. for the Browns. I mean, the Browns are knocking on the heavyweight door. I must say, with the, if they could like string together some wins here, like especially against the Ravens' big game this week. I mean, they they are looking really good. It's a darn shame Chubb can't be here for it. But like their defense is is scary good. And if Watson can stay healthy and and play at a level close to even close to what he used to be, man, this is a scary team to watch out for. Yeah, I still want to see some more from that offense. Oh yeah, for but, sure. Like they, but it's there. We know the talent is there, a hundred percent. Yes, they got the star receiver. We got the supposedly star quarterback. Our running game is still really solid. Our defense is the best in the league. Like, we just need to see that consistency at the quarterback. Which I, I still believe in Watson. Like, I, he, Watson was one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch uh, when he was with the Texans. I just, I have a hard time believing he's completely lost it. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you with that. Like, since he came to the league, Watson had been one of my favorite players yeah. to watch because he, he'd been so good. Like, even on terrible Texans teams, he'd still put out, like, monster games and stats there and would look incredibly good. Yeah. So it, it just feels so odd that it hasn't come together yet in Cleveland, especially with what they've built. But I still believe that it could. Yeah. Like, especially when the defense is propping him up. Like, they're giving him all the opportunity to give him all the time he needs to kind of get there. Maybe we won't because, and maybe it was partially because of the injury he's been dealing with. So I'm hoping that is healed now, and we can see some better things from that Cleveland offense. Yes, but even in the last few weeks, he's definitely, or the last few games, he's definitely cleaned it up from the beginning of the year. Where he was just throwing like weird short passes that like didn't make sense, and he would bounce them. He's not doing that really anymore. Uh, he just looks a, a little bit more composed now. So I think the next step from there is start throwing some deep balls and start doing, start uh, you know, getting a little bit more mobile outside the pocket and, and seeing that more dynamic side of Watson that we're so used to seeing. Right. And from there, we will go on to the absolute clown-worthy moments of the week in the Clown of the Week. Everybody loves a good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. This week, the NFL's Clown of the Week is Miami Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill. So, leading up into this game, Tyreek Hill had talked quite a lot of trash, even leaning back into the offseason when he said, I, I hate to say it, man, I hate to say it, but I have to throw up the peace sign against y'all. I hate to do it, but guess what? I'm going to be y'all's worst enemy that day. I'm going to be y'all's worst enemy that day. What well, turned out to be the complete opposite, as Tyreek Hill was one of their best friends that day, as a fumble being returned for a touchdown ended up being the game-clinching play for Kansas City and able to propel them over a win over the Miami Dolphins. And Hill, that also in this game, was kept to his lowest yards per reception of the year with 7.8, and the Chiefs were able to keep him pretty much in check with only 62 yards of receiving that day. When you talk that much smack and you can't back it up, Tyreek Hill, you are the clown of the week. <laughs> well deserved for Tyreek Hill. And I must say, almost feel bad for him just because he leaves the Chiefs, talks all this trash. What do the Chiefs do? They go on to win a Super Bowl without him. And you can tell he's just hurt and he wants to get his revenge, but uh, unable to back it up this time. Tyreek Hill definitely deserving that clown of the week. And from there, we'll move on to the game picks for NFL Week 10. But first, we'll recap Week 9's picks. So Scott went 11-3 on the week last week, bringing his total to 90-46 and 46 on the year. And I went 9-5 and five last week, bringing my total to 82-54. and 54. So down 8. 
I need to gain some this week to catch up. And then we will start with the Thursday night game, the Carolina Panthers taking on the Chicago Bears. Who do you have winning this game? Just what a start to a terrible primetime schedule this week. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to have the Carolina Panthers winning this bottom feeder slugfest. And I will as well. Uh, just I like when I like the rosters of these two teams. Uh, I just I feel like the Panthers is just infinitely better for some reason. Um, even though they're one and seven, have just sucked. I feel like they have much more a lot of weapons and name guys like Thielen um, out there. So I do like the Panthers to win this game. Uh, Badgent, I'm not a fan of at all. Fields is questionable for this game. I'm unsure at this point if he will start or not. Mm, really? Yes. Mm. I still like the Panthers in this one, though. Even if Fields starts, I just think that you know the Panthers just got more juice to them. Maybe they're picking it up after a, you know a decent win against the Texans, followed it up by not a terrible performance against the Colts. I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I just like the Panthers in this game. Just feels like the time is right. Yeah, I kind of had that feeling. Just time was right. Nothing like really particularly jumps out for me about either of these teams. They both kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, Kinda. Panthers. You no, know, why not? <laughs> right, right. I think we're on the same train of thought there. Um, and then we have the Colts taking on the New England Patriots. Gardner Minshew still leading the way for the Colts at 4-5. and five. Do you think they're able to get to 500 with the win against the Patriots? I do. And I do as well. Throwing it back, thinking about some old memories here. Manning versus Brady. Yep. Uh, these Those days are gone, alas. <laughs> now we have Minshew versus Mack. Yeah, not quite the same luster to it. No, not at all. <laughs> Over under uh, probably going to be you know I think probably we're looking at a forty point total if, if I had to guess for this one should just be uh, one of those games you just don't want to watch. Yeah, although the the Colts have been quite a bit more interesting than we had originally thought coming into this season. Yes, they have, but Belichick defense in Gillette. Um, I, I'm, I'm expecting kind of a low scoring game here. I would too. And then you got the Houston Texans taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Bengals coming off a very nice win against the Bills. Texans coming off an incredible victory against the Buccaneers. Stroud almost throwing for 500 yards, threw for five touchdowns. Who wins this game? I have the Bengals winning this one. I do as well, and this should be in sharp contrast to the last game. It should be a very exciting uh, score fest here. Yeah, like big hats off to C.J. Stroud in that one, setting rookie records for both uh, passing yards and touchdowns, just incredible. I and mean, when I talk about the Colts being boring this season, man, were we low on the Texans saying about how terrible their roster is yeah. and just how much how boring they would be to watch. And that has been the complete opposite. Stroud has been able to make something of absolutely nothing, which I think is more even more impressive in that fact, what he's been able to do with so little to work with on offense. Yeah, and if it would be – if he came out here and struggled like Bryce Young, we wouldn't even be faulting him that much because we're like, look at this roster. It's it's not even that good. But he's making these guys look like pretty good players. And, I mean, I definitely like Nico Collins coming in here. As Devin Singletary was pretty good. But, I mean, these this is one of the most under-talented rosters in the whole league, and he is just balling out. He doesn't care. He's like, put whoever we got, put him out on the field. I'll make him look great. And C.J. Stroud, big hats off to him. But Bengals right now are just – a step above almost everyone in the league right now, in my opinion. They're just one of the top dogs, and they should be able to beat the Texans, although it should be a fun matchup. Yeah, I still view the Bengals in kind of a pretty big cluster in there with teams like Jacksonville and Buffalo and Baltimore and Kansas City. I just kind of feel view them as a pretty big cluster right now, and for me, there's not really particularly one that's really showing themselves above the rest. I would say Kansas City and, and 
Cincinnati would be above the rest just because Kansas City's defense is incredible. And, and for Cincinnati, their offensive potential is just too high for me. And I know it's, you know, potential, but I really think they're coming on and you're going to be, you're going to see in a couple weeks why I think they deserve to be up there. But I, I do admit my Bengals takes are, are, are kind of projections, but uh, you know, the Bengals just to me, they're way too talented to, to write off as kind of a, even a midweight contender. But then you have the New Orleans Saints taking on the Vikings. And the Vikings, one of the most interesting teams in the league, starting off really bad, coming on with Cousins. He gets hurt. Now they have Josh Dobbs coming in, and what a victory he had against the Falcons. Do you think they can keep the momentum going against the Saints? I do not. Is I the Saints winning in this one? Mm, I'm going to have to disagree here. I'm going with the Vikings. Uh, for me, I could see this Josh Dobbs thing flaming out very quickly for them. No, I, I would totally disagree. I would not be surprised at all if he continues that hype train going all the way into the playoffs, possibly even winning a playoff game. Josh Dobbs, a guy that I liked, I think I thought you liked him as well on the Cardinals, really th- thought that he was doing some good things over there with a very undertalented roster. I, I, I did like him in that situation, but I still view him as just a good backup more than anything else. And I feel like that doesn't – I'm – he actually changes their the Vikings' outlook worse than with Kirk Cousins, and I was not high on the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm riding the emotions a little bit too much, but it, when Justin Jefferson comes back, I mean, it's going to be a really fun team to watch. I mean, the the locker room seems to already be sold on him. If you watch the post-game press conference, um, just the reactions in there were crazy. So I, I want to see it. I think that even though, you know, I'm a Packer fan, not too fond of the Vikings, but uh, Dobbs taking the Vikings, you know, to the playoffs would be a great story. So uh, Saints, I really – I haven't even liked the Saints. They really struggled with the Bears last week, took all four quarters to beat them. Um, and so I just – I really would like to see more from the Saints before I really trust them as well. Yeah, the Saints are a really interesting team. <laughs> I, I read some stat this week where it said how few teams since the merger – had uh, gotten five turnovers and still failed to cover the spread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, that just talks about how bad they were at finishing that game. Yeah, exactly. It's just like the Bears should not have been in that game at all, and the Saints just were unwilling to win it. Uh, there's some weeks where I, I look at them and I'm thinking, wow, this team is pretty good. You got Derek Carr, you got Kamara, you got some good receivers, the defense is good, but the, they just have really failed to do anything consistently well to the point where I still just do not trust them above really any team in that division besides save the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, that, that division still is weird. I, I feel like I trust them the most. I would say so as well. But I'm still... Not by much. Yeah, it's still, like, really up in the air, though, for that. Although they, they, they do have the most complete team, but I still don't trust them enough that they're definitely going to come out with a, the division title and a playoff berth. Yeah, I would agree with that. Still very interesting division to watch, see who comes out on top of that one. And then you have the Green Bay Packers taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Um, a, a battle between two kind of desperate teams here. Steelers just because the division is so good. And Green Bay really can't afford too many more losses here before the schedule gets tough. Who do you have winning this game? Of the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this one? I do as well. And uh, this is going to be one of the great uh, coaching disparities that you will see in this league and uh, it should be on full display 
Yeah, I mean, in the Packers, just looking as bad as they have in the first half, I just don't trust them enough to try and pile up any points. And looking to be without potentially Watson this week as well yeah. will not help. Well, I, I hope to see him play. Uh, I believe he had a full practice uh, on Wednesday, so I hope to see him in there, but I, I don't think it'll make too much of a difference because I, I just have nightmares of T.J. Watt, like strip sacking, intercepting, you know, stuff like that. So <laughs> I don't really think there's a scenario in which um, he doesn't cause a turnover in this game. And uh, in Pittsburgh, I'm taking the Steelers all the way on this one. Then you have the Tennessee Titans taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers three and five really just doesn't seem like an appropriate record for them. Um, obviously, lost a heartbreaker to the Texans last week. Do you think they get back on track? I do. I have Buccaneers winning in this one. I do as well. So, what do you feel would be the appropriate record for them? Well, I don't know. It just seemed like a better team than three and five, especially with Baker Mayfield in there, uh, a guy that I will always be loyal to. But I mean, this Buccaneers team. They're still in a very winnable division. I mean, I thought they should have beat the Falcons in that game. They played the Saints really close as well. Um, sorry, they, they killed the Saints, but I mean, they played the the Bills really close in that game. It just feels like this team should be at least four and four, five and three, maybe. It's just they don't deserve to be three and five, tied with Green Bay. I mean, when I look at Green Bay and Tampa Bay, I see a much much head and shoulders above um, the Packers right now. I mean, I would disagree with that, but I think they had already gotten back on track very well last week, at least offensively, as they were able to put up 36 versus Houston and very narrowly losing that one. Yes, I mean, that is definitely an encouraging sign. Their defense has played well all year long, but the ability to go out and score that many points is really something that I really like to see from them. And really, it's been, to me, Baker has kind of really been playing well this year. Um, he is fifth among all qualifying quarterbacks in passer rating under pressure. So he gets pressured a lot among the most, and he is fifth overall in, in passer rating under pressure. So Baker Mayfield having a much better year than a lot of people think. Um, and so I think his clutchness is also probably the best in the division. Um, certainly will be able to beat the Titans here, who have a little bit of a spark now. Now they announced Will Levis will be the starter for the year. So... I still I'd like that a lot better than Tannehill going forward for them. Yeah, I think they will certainly take a lot of lumps as Levis gets some Growing experience things. under his belt. Yeah. But I think they're ultimately gonna end up being much better for that as he has so much big play potential. Yes, I would agree with that. DeAndre Hopkins has really just come alive under him. It seems like. Yeah, absolutely, and that's just really nice to see for him and yes. for that team. I agree, but. Going up against Tampa, they should be pretty pissed off about last week inside their own stadium. Uh, I do like the Buccaneers to win. And then you have the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the 49ers, man, losing three in a row. But coming off a bye, do you like them to get back on track? Yes, I do. I do as well. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, Jacksonville on a really nice winning streak right now. And they're going to come up against a San Francisco team that I think is going to be very mad coming out of that, that break and wanting to reestablish themselves again because I think my Mark my words has definitely been killed already that they were the unquestioned top dog and wouldn't be questioned again. But yeah. I think they can certainly get back there. As In my opinion, they're at least as good, if not better, than Philadelphia still. Yeah, oh, I think they could definitely still go toe-to-toe. And for me, I know a lot of the blame has been cast on Brock Purdy, but to me it seems like the defense has not been the same as they had to start the year. It just seems a little bit sluggish out there. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of metrics that would back that up, seeing their defense kind of plummeted in some of those rankings. 
Yes, I would agree. And uh, Jacksonville, 6-2, and two, doesn't really seem like uh, they should be that good um, as they really have just still not really gotten over the hump on offense. And I really expected them to be one of the best offenses in the league. just hasn't materialized. So I'd like this as a get-right win for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, but for Jacksonville, I don't know if you remember my point, and I think several other people had this point as well, that Jacksonville could come close to that one, the one seed, even if they weren't the best team, simply because they had one of the easiest uh, schedules in the league this year. Yes. With their division, all I mean, none of those teams are great teams. Solid teams, but none of them are great. Yeah, so I think that may be starting to play out right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. They certainly have a shot at it. I mean, it's crazy to say. I don't think they're anywhere near the best team in the AFC. But, but yeah, I definitely I don't think they'll be able to beat the Niners in this week. And then you have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to have my eyes all over this matchup. Who do you have taking this game? I have the Ravens winning this one. And I will have the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, a really nice divisional matchup here. And... You know, I'm mentioning about the the Jaguars and the one seed just momentarily, and earlier this this episode as well, mentioning about how I think there's a big cluster of teams in the AFC, and none have separated themselves out yet. Well, I do think there will be one that will. Don't do it. Or, that I will do it. Don't do it. Mark my words. The Baltimore Ravens will lock down the number one seed in the AFC as their offense will continue to bloom. Not a great take there. It's going to come back to bite you. And, uh, yeah, so look at the Ravens. The reason why the Jags have the number one, you know, have a good shot at it is their easy schedule. The Ravens do not have an easy schedule. Facing the Browns, Bengals, and Steelers all again, and also facing the Niners, Dolphins, and Jaguars as well. I know, bit of a ballsy take, but they think they've proven they can beat good teams. I think so as well, but at the same time, this is kind of the Ravens team we see of many years. Peaking during the, the season, you can call them mid-season champs, and by the end of the year, not looking all that spectacular as the injuries start to pile up. So the Ravens, I just really, I don't really see much different about them this year than years past. I know they have the new offensive coordinator, but it just to me it just kind of seems like the same old Ravens that we've seen. I mean Lamar Jackson's stats are not all that gaudy with only nine touchdowns on the year. Uh, so if, to me this is just clearly a sign of, of, of Ravens about to go downhill here. So mark my words. The Ravens will not win this division. No matter what, they will not win this division. And if they lose this game to the Browns, mark my words, the Ravens will finish last in their division. Well, some very differing takes here between us. Yes. I like this. Yes. We have marked these down, and we will definitely come back to these clips later in the year as we decide who is right. Yes. It's always a fun moment reflecting on the year, and I am very confident in my statements here. And then we have the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Arizona Cardinals in the return of Kyler Murray. Do you think he opens up his return with a win? I do. And I do not. I would have to disagree. I'll take the Falcons here. Yeah, I just think that they could get a little bit of a surprise. I, I do think that while Arizona is a bottom feeder, they've showed some grittiness, and that is exactly what Arthur Smith likes to play. And even if the Falcons may be better, he will want to play down to the Cardinals when I think Murray would like to show off a little bit in his season debut. 
Yeah, for me, this is just a weird game to pick because the Falcons have been like the most unpredictable team of all time for me this year. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if I didn't get a single game right of theirs. Um, but for me, it's just like they sh- kind of should have won last week. And so I think the ball comes back around to them this week against the Falcons, uh, or against the Cardinals, rather. I really don't have much more logic than that. But the Falcons are just they're just such a weird team. But they got some solid guys, a lot of talent on that team. So I'll take the more talented team um, with the more stable situation over the Cardinals. And then you have the Detroit Lions taking on the L.A. Chargers. So Chargers coming off a pretty good win against the Jets on Monday Night Football. Do you think they keep the streak alive? No, I have Detroit winning in this one. And I do as well. Detroit, just one of the best teams in the league. Very solid all around. And this is one of those games that they will just completely out physicality. They're just going to bully Chargers around. You're really going to see Dan Campbell's mentality come through here. Yeah, I think the Lions have really proved themselves to be quite good contenders in this league. Yes. Throughout this year. And I think that will continue. And then you have the New York Giants taking on the Dallas Cowboys. 16 and a half point favorites the Cowboys are in this game. Uh, do you think they win? Absolutely. I think they could definitely cover and more. Yes, I would agree. Seems like they either lose a frustrating one or they blow somebody out. And uh, not covering this one I think would be frustrating for most people as Tommy DeVito will be starting again <laughs> for the New York Giants with Daniel Jones being down for the year. And Tyra Taylor on injured reserve. How about that? Tommy DeVito. Is that like a Goodfellas or something like that? Danny DeVito's son? <laughs> Man, what a name. But, uh, yeah, Cowboys really had a nice game there against the Eagles. I picked them to win, and I think they should have won. They were inches away from doing so with that touchdown pass to, I believe, Ferguson, or maybe it was Shoemaker. That was so close, just inches from being a touchdown. Dak also on the two-point conversion, stepping out. Uh, so frustrating, so close. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are going to be really angry, and I could. Th- I think you probably will see something similar to the last time they faced the Giants this year. And then you have the Commanders taking on the Seahawks. Commanders escaping with the win against New England. The Seahawks getting demolished by the Ravens. Who wins this game? I'm surprised. I have the Commanders winning in this one. Ah, and I have the Seahawks. I just think the Seahawks coming off that big blowout, they're going to be Uh, more self-aware here as teams tend to do i still believe in the seahawks as a good team even though i do like sam howell uh, i think just seahawks better team at home off a loss i'd like where they stand yeah i do believe seattle's better team it's just kind of my crazy pick of the week here although seattle has shown to be suspect several times like barely being off the browns with uh, pj walker in and of course getting blown out by the ravens and i you know i i want to you know take a little time here to to help you come to, to terms with, with um, the man that is Sam Howell. So as we know, you marked your words about him that was basically saying that he's the worst person alive. Um, but your your actions would beg to differ. I mean, you picked him last week, picking him this week again. I noticed that you are, are starting him against me this week at fantasy football. So uh, it just it's okay. Take a deep breath and just come to terms with the fact that, that you like Sam Howell. No, I, I don't like him. And you like Mark, him. my words is still very alive. Yeah, you like him. Come on. No, I don't. Jump to the side. It's brighter over here. No. I don't <laughs> like it over there. Well, I tried. Maybe if he wins this one, you'll come around. But Sam Howell is the guy. He is the guy. I'll tell you right now. 
Jonathan Allen, did you see what he had to say? He said, this is the guy that we're going to roll with next five, ten years. This is our franchise guy. I mean, they love him over there. Yeah, people say that every week. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they say that every week. I mean, you don't have any Jets players saying that about Zach Wilson. I mean, not right now, but yeah. when he was drafted, <laughs> lots. Maybe, maybe. But I don't know why, though. I never liked Wilson. Yeah. Not, not before he was drafted, I, I never understood why people liked him. Well, one good year. I mean, I think the, the one playing experience is invaluable. Like, Brock Purdy played all four years, and he looks like an NFL quarterback, you know, even though maybe you say he has the best roster. He just looks ready. He looks poised. How about Stetson Bennett, then? Stetson Bennett, yeah. yeah. I mean, lots, you never lots know. Lots of experience. Uh, experience matters. It's valuable. It matters enough that they're going to go pull Brett Rippin off the street to start instead. Yeah, that's true. Instead or maybe maybe Carson Wentz. Yeah, and Wentz as well. Yeah. Instead of starting him. Yeah, playing experience is definitely an underrated thing in this in this league here. Uh, but speaking of Zach Wilson, taking on the Raiders this week, do you like him to beat this Raiders team without their head coach? I do. I, I just think the Jets have an overall better roster than the Raiders do. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, maybe the Raiders have more uh, like big-time splash players with like Crosby and Adams, but overall the Jets just much more solid of a team here. I, I will have them winning this game as well. And I can't believe that Sunday night, though. Man, that, that's just brutal. It's like I said, brutal primetime matchups this week. <laughs> yeah. And to cap it off here, Monday night game, Broncos-Bills. Uh, maybe this game is a little bit better than it was turning out to be, but I will have the Bills winning this one. As will I. Yeah, I just think the Bills are a much better team here. Although the Broncos have been playing better the last few games in Buffalo off a loss, I just I really like the Bills to roll on this one here. Yeah, me too. I think their offense will see some more finishing in this week and maybe get some more hope back for them. Yeah, I would agree. Just keep ter- take care of the ball without those turnovers. I think they would have had a lot better number um, to that 18 points last week and uh, against the Broncos team that definitely has had a susceptible defense. I think you'll see a lot of uh, gaudy stats from Josh Allen and company. And from there, we will go on to... Our underdog locks of the week. So, just to dismally recap last week, we both got them wrong. And our underdog locks. Although one person was much closer than the other. Yes. Well, there was a 34-point disparity between a win and a loss for me as I picked the Seattle Seahawks to beat the Baltimore Ravens, and they lost 37-3. Scott picked the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they lost 39-37. to so, total on the year, Scott 2 and 6, and me at 0 and 8. <laughs> Whew, time is running out here. And, Scott, who do you have for your underdog lock this week? So, this week, my underdog lock of the week is the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. So, like we talked about with that game, they just a uh, slugfest of the bottom feeders. And there were quite a few games that I, I liked in this week, but this seems like the one that just felt right. Yes, got to go with the gut sometimes. And for me, I will do that as well. I would go with the Cleveland Browns over the Baltimore Ravens here. So fifth week in a row, picking against the Ravens. I don't spare me with your felt right. You already told me you were going to do that. (laughs) You were going to lose. Well, this is is a continuing (laughs) philosophy uh, of the top teams going down, which really seem to have leveled off at this point. But... Ravens are due for a loss. So you admit the Ravens are the top team, though. Well, no, they're perceived as the top team. <laughs> they are perceived. Okay, I never thought the Bills were the top team. They were perceived at it once upon a time. Uh, Browns are the better team, though. In all honesty, I think the better team 
I, the defense are comfortable. I would give the edge to Cleveland. Running game, give me a break. Cleveland's much better. Receiving game and passing game, maybe you could argue Baltimore for now, but I think Cleveland will in a few weeks be better. So give me the Browns here in Baltimore to beat them. That's my underdog lock of the week. Very good stuff. And after that, we will transition into Rob's fantasy starts and sets of the week. So why don't we recap how we did last week? So last week was a pretty good week, if I do say so myself. So I told you to start Dak Prescott, as he has had a very good history against the Eagles, and he came through as the number two quarterback, 374 yards and three touchdowns, no turnovers. And then I also said to start Josh Downs of the Colts, and that ended up being a terrible pick, as he had one catch for 10 yards, and it was the 88th ranked receiver, good gracious. Uh, but from there, it's all good news because I said sit Tua. He finished as a 15th-ranked quarterback with less than 200 yards through the air and one touchdown. And I said to sit Marquise Brown, and he finished as a 63rd-ranked wide receiver. So looking to continue the hot streak, I would say start James Cook running back for the Bills against the Broncos. The Broncos have the weakest run defense in the league, 32nd in fantasy against running backs, 32nd yards per carry allowed, and 31st in total rush yards. The Bills have been very good when Cook has been really good, and I think he's due for a big week. And then, I would also start DeAndre Hopkins versus the Buccaneers. And we just saw C.J. Stroud throw for almost 500 yards versus the Buccaneers, so we know their pass defense is susceptible. Will Levis, as we mentioned, has been giving Hopkins a bit more production than Tannehill, so I do like Hopkins against the Bucs. I would sit Ramondre Stevenson this week against the Colts. So he had his best week of the year last year, rushing for 88 yards and a touchdown, but 64 of those yards came on one play, a 64-yard touchdown. So Ramondre Stevenson really has had trouble this year. He's splitting carries with Elliott a lot of the time, so I would definitely sit him here. And I would also sit Saquon Barkley. So he's been the only threat at all for the Giants on offense the entire year. He's going up against a very tough Dallas defense, and I think Dallas will really just go all in to stop Barkley because there's no threat at all with who is it, Tommy DeVito at quarterback, so I would definitely sit Barkley against a tough Dallas defense this week. Very interesting picks there. And now we will go on to Scott's Parlay of the Week. So how did you do last week in your parlay? So last week we were able to get back into the winning column again hitting on the Chiefs, Commanders, and Colts. So we'll bring our record to 5-4 and four with the parlays for this year and looking to continue some good fortune. So for our Week 10 parlay this week, I will have the Detroit Lions, the New York Jets, and the Arizona Cardinals. The Lions, I think, are getting a pretty good number for the game they're getting up against the Chargers. I think that they're a good team to bet on, especially against that team. The Jets and a pretty close pick'em game versus the Raiders, also drawing fairly good numbers for what I believe in them. And then getting the Cardinals, I do like it, underdogs versus the Falcons. So for this week, pick the Detroit Lions, New York Jets, and Arizona Cardinals on the money line. All right, very good stuff there. Has done pretty well this year with the parlays in a year where it seems like most people are having a tough time. So get on that parlay this week. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. We are tuned.